بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وبارك على الأشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ومن انتبه بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد الحمد لله we have now reached the last section of our discussion regarding the zakah. So the chapter regarding zakah, alhamdulillah. And <coughs> it follows on from the chapter that we were going through last week. And the chapter we were going through last week was in relation to those individuals that are eligible for zakah. And the asnaf and nas, the categories of individuals that are eligible for zakah. And they were made up of how many? Barakallahu feekum? Eight. Naam. Eight categories. And the eight were who? They were the eight that are eligible, eligible for zakah. First of them were the, the fuqara. Then <coughs> the masakeen. Then, <coughs> then, the amilin, those that are responsible for it. Then, the attachment of the heart, yeah, attachment of the heart, or softening of the heart. Then, rikab, referring to what? The wealth used to? To free the slaves. Now the wealth used to free the slaves. What else? Those paying paying off the debts. Now two more left. Those are feasibility meaning jihad mujahidun feasibility and the final the tra- the traveler. Now so. First and foremost, the difference between the faqir and the miskin is what? Who is worse? Whose hal is worse? The faqir. He's more in need. The faqir. What is the difference between the two? The faqir is unable to provide for himself. Now, essentially. And the miskin? Now, so he's able to get his needs fulfilled. Nah, but that's it. There's nothing more in, in 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 addition to that. How do we know that the hal, the condition of the fakir is more severe than the miskin? How do we know? Because they mentioned first within the ayah. Nah, it's mentioned first within the ayah. And so the fact that they mentioned first within the ayah is an indication that they are more in need of the zakah. Nah, so we have the fakir, the miskin, the amil, are the one that's responsible for the the collection of zakah or distribution of the zakah that's working in uh, yani he works for the wali al-amr yani in that regard then he's eligible for the zakah why? what's the reason why he's eligible for zakah? now because it's essentially it's a compensation of his time for taking that responsibility of the work that he does for the zakah now Thereafter, <coughs> we mentioned the freeing of the slave. 
what he's a free the slave. Also he mentioned the paying of the or else is upon the Mu'alifat Kulub. Now they bring the hearts together. And the example of that is what? <coughs> so someone that's not Muslim but inclined towards Islam. And so this can be a means of them yeah, and becoming even closer to Islam. Who else? Who else? In terms of the, the softening of the heart. The new Muslim as well. So one that's just embraced Islam. And so it aids them. So likewise as well, we mentioned uh, down the paying of the debt. The paying of the debt. And what is the wisdom in, in the, the fact that the zakah is eligible for the paying of the debt? What's the wisdom in this? <coughs> Nam. Once debts are paid, it removes any ill feeling between the Muslims. Now it removes any ill feeling between the Muslims. It was mentioning that a person, whilst another individual owes him money, there may be some ill feeling in that regard. Now, so, and also the Mujahid Fisibidillah. Mujahid Fisibidillah, why is he eligible for the zakah? Why is it eligible for zakat? Mujahid fi sibilillah. Now they're not working, and it's and it, they they are eligible for the zakat so that they can focus upon their striving in the way of Allah Taala. We mentioned as well that a particular individual could be also be included amongst them as well. The talib ilm, now talib ilm, Allah Taala knows best. And then the, yani. The Abra Sabil, which is the which individual, the traveler. Now I'm the traveler. So he's on, he's gone upon a journey. And when is he eligible for zakah? Is it just because he's a traveler is eligible? His provisions are cut off, and so he's eligible for zakah in order for what? So he can complete his journey. So he takes whatever he needs in order to complete the journey. Now, and that's his eligibility for zakah. So that's what we were discussing, barakallahu feekum, in relation to those individuals that are eligible for the zakah. And as for today, then what we wish to discuss is the opposite of that. And so Ibn Qadama mentions Bab Man la yujuz daf'a zakah ilayh. So he mentions the chapter pertaining to the one who is not permissible to give the zakah to. And so Allah Ta'ala mentions within the ayah in Surah Tawbah who the zakah is eligible for. And so thus, no doubt, just as the zakah is eligible for some individuals, then there will be others that will not qualify for it as well. And so Ibn Qadamah mentions, <coughs> beginning, لَا تَحِلَ الزَّكَاءُ وَلَا تَحِلَ الصَّدَقَةُ لِغَنِي So the first is the ghani, the one that is rich. 
what we mean by Ghani doesn't necessarily mean rich. Come out, you know, mass, you know, what is understood and perceived by the people as rich. And Sheikh Ozan, Hafidullah, he mentioned that the zakah is not eligible for the Ghani due to the statement of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in relation to the sadaqah, the zakah, تُؤْخَذُ مِنْ أَغْنِيَائِهِمْ وَتُرُدُّ وَتُرَدُّ عَلَى فُقْرَائِهِمْ وَتُرَدُّ عَلَى فُقْرَائِهِمْ And so it's taken from the rich. The, the zakah is taken from the rich. And it is returned to the poor, given to the poor. And Sheikh Fawzani mentions the ta'rif of the ghani. So the ghani, in terms of definition, huwa ma yajid al-kifayatuhu li sana. And so the ghani, he is the one that has, he sufficed, he sufficed of his wealth for a period of a year. Now, as Sheikh Golden mentioned, وَلَيْسَ هُوَ الَّذِي يَمْلَكَ مَلَايِينَ كَمَا يَظُنُّ النَّاسِ And so he's not the Ghani, he's not the one that has millions. He doesn't necessarily have to have millions in order to be regarded as being the Ghani. Rather, if he has that which is that suffices for him, for this period of time, for this period of a year, then he's regarded as being the Ghani. Regarded as being the Ghani. And this is what we discussed previously. Now, it's what we discussed previously. So the one that ends up paying zakah, then he's going to be considered to be the ghani. Now, how we understand that, barakallahu feekum? Because if the person has reached the nifaq, now, then that means he has an additional amount of wealth. If that person has reached the nisab in that particular amount, and he holds that nisab for over a year, then he's had that particular amount of wealth for over a year. And so thus, it's upon him to pay zakat. And then he's a ghani that is referred to within the narration. Either ghani, the ghani that gives that, that the money is taken from, and that and who pay, makes the payment. And the payment is, take, is taken from him. Now, does it make sense, Mr. And so the discussion we're having last week when we were talking about the fakir and the miskeen. So the fakir, where, if we were to put it in layman's terms, the fakir is the one who doesn't who doesn't break even. Naam. So the fakir, his outgoings are more than his incomings. Let's say, for example, he he earns one thousand pounds uh, a month. However, his outgoings are one thousand five hundred. This individual is regarded as being from the fakir, the fakir. Whilst the miskin, he is the one that essentially is, again, in layman's terms, is the one that, that does break even. So he's the one, he's out, he's, he's incoming, he's, his wage is that thousand pounds, same thousand pounds. However, his outgoings is the same thousand pounds as well. Does that make sense? Then you have Maduna Dalik. Who is not from them. And that individual is the 
he'll be the one. For example, his weight is, again, 1,000 pounds. And his outgoings are 800 pounds. Mephalem. So that leaves a deficit of, or that leaves, or a surplus, should we say, of how much? 200. Yeah, mathematician. Yeah. <laughs> that leaves a surplus of, eight, of, of 200. So what we understand from that, Barakallahu Fikum, is that if he has that surplus, and that surplus remained with him for over a year, then he was regarded as being from the, from the Aghaniya. Now, he's regarded as being the Ghani. And so thus, if he reaches the Nisab as well, his amount, the amount of wealth that he has reaches the Nisab, then upon him is to pay the Zakah. The second individual mentioned, Ray Ibn Qudama, is Al Qawi Al Muqtasib. Yani Walal Al Qawi Al Muqtasib. So, the Zakah is not paid to the Qawi, a strong individual that has the ability to earn. And so the Ghani, the one that's Ghani, is of two types. We mentioned the first, which is Ghani in terms of his wealth. Naam, yani, yani the Ghani bifi'l. So he's the one that is literally, yeah, the one that is richly in, in, in rich due to the wealth that he has, his man. Then you have the Ghani bilquwa. Naam, and he is the one that has the strength. And so, so he's the Qawi, he's the one that has the strength and he is able to earn. Now he's able to earn. And so, he's regarded as being the Ghani Bikuwa. So he's regarded as being the Ghani by way of his physical ability to earn. وَإِن لَمْ يَكُنْ إِنْدُهُ مَال And even if he doesn't have يعني wealth even if he doesn't have wealth and this is due to the narration of the Prophet وسلم, where he mentioned the narration found in Sunnah Bidaw Nasai as well as Tirmidhi. They mentioned La Tihil La Tihil Sadaqatu Lighani Wala Ladi Miratan Sawi. And so the the hadith mentioned that it's not permissible to give the sadaqa to the Ghani, to the rich, nor to the one that possesses strength. Now, nor to the one that possesses the strength. And so we understand from this in real terms is that a person, for example, let's say, for example, that what they would describe as work shy. Now, I'm the person, essentially, he's, he's kaslan, he's lazy. And due to his laziness, he doesn't have money. However, he has the ability to work. Naam, but due to the naqs within himself, his own deficiency, he doesn't work. 
such an individual would not be eligible for the zakah. Naam, such an individual would not be eligible for the zakah. Why? Because he has the ability to earn for himself and gain that wealth for himself. And so that's with that, it's stated that this individual would not be eligible for the zakah. So those are the first two, Barakallahu Fikum. Are those two clear? Both of them, Barakallahu Fikum, would be regarded as being the Ghani. Naam, regarded as being the Ghani. The first of them, the Ghani, by way of his wealth. The second, Ghani, by way of his Kuwa, by way of his strength. Thereafter, Ibn Qudam goes to mention, Wulatahil, Li'ali Muhammadin, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Wuhum Banu Hashim, Wa Mawalihim. And so the third is the family of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And so this is regarded as being in Ibn Hashim. The family of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, they're not eligible for zakah. And now what we understand from this as well, Barakallahu Fikum, is that this eligibility or the, the ineligibility, should we say, is something which goes throughout the generations. And so it's not just the immediate family of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, but anyone from Yani Ibn Hashim, anyone from the family of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, then they would not be regarded as being from those that are eligible for zakah. Sheikh Hosan goes on to elaborate as well that this is inclusive of Ibn Hashim and this is inclusive of Alu uh, Ali or Alu Akhir and likewise Alu Abbas. All of these, all of these families, anyone that was connected, that's connected to the, to the family of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, and from Bani Hashim, then they are not eligible of zakah, eligible for zakah. Naam, they're not eligible for the zakah. The proof for that, from the proofs for that, is the hadith found in Sahih Bukhari, in which Al-Hasan anhu was a tifl, was a, was a child. And he took from the date, in the date which was from the zakayah, and placed it in his mouth. And the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, removed it from his mouth. Now he removed it from his mouth. And did not allow him to swallow it. And this is what we understand again from this affair of Zakat that he didn't allow him to have it. Why? Because again, Hassan, of course, was from his from, from his lineage. And so the family of the Bialay Salatu cannot take from that Zakat. Likewise, Yani. Anyone that was that is regarded as being from the slaves of that family. So anyone that is from the slaves of that family. So let's say, for example, you have an individual, and he's from the descendants of the Prophet and that individual has a slave. 
neither of the two are eligible for zakah. Naam. The descendant who's not eligible because he is the yeah, descendant of the Prophet. And the slave is not eligible because he's the slave of the descendant. Naam. And the proof for that is the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Father Sunan Abi Dawud where he mentions Mawla al-Qawm minhum said the Mawla yani, the servant, the slave of a people is from them Naam, so he's regarded as being from amongst them and so thus, if an individual is ineligible for something due to his nesab, then the slave likewise is ineligible. And that's in relation to that third. And so the third, as you mentioned, is the, the family of Prophet Sallallahu and their servants. And so this is something which is included in that. So it's mulhak is mulhak bihim. As they take the same ruling as them, essentially. Then the fourth barakal of people. And it's not permissible to give the zakah to the walidain, to the parents. It's not permissible to give the zakah to the parents. And those that are above them. So ascending. So when we say the parents, we mean anyone ascending. So the grandparent, great grandparent, and then and anyone else that may be alive. Naam. And what we understand from that is that you do not give the wealth to the parents due to the fact that they are eligible for the nafaka. The parents are eligible for you to pay, yani, to spend upon, essentially. The nafaka that you spend, when you spend upon your family members. So the parents are eligible for that. And so, it's not permissible that the individual, anahu yaj'al az so the person cannot now make the zakah, put the zakah in place, in place of the nafaka that which he's spending. So, and do so as a means of a wiqaya imalihi. So he's seeking to save money and protect his money, his wealth. So due to that, he gives the zakah. Naam, instead of giving the money that is his actual wealth that he should be spending upon these parents, he gives a zakah. This is not permissible. Naam. So anyone from the parents and above that. Does that make sense? So, following on from that, you have the fifth, which is the walad min al-dukhur wal-inath. Wa-insafid. And then it has the child. So the fifth category is the child, whether it be the male child or the female child, and anyone that descends from them. So that's regarding the uh, the grandparent or the grandchildren, sorry. 
and his great grandchildren, anyone other than him. Naam. That these individuals, again, for the same reason, to these individuals, it's a punishment to spend upon them. It's upon the person to spend upon them. And so, because it's upon him to spend upon his children, upon his son, upon his daughter, upon his grandson, upon his granddaughter, he cannot now say that I'm going to give my zakah to them because that man, his, the asl of his wealth should be spent in, in the way of yani, their upkeep. Then we have the sixth, which is the death in a zoja. I paying the zakah to the wife. Paying the zakah to the wife. And what do you think the reason is for that? Why you cannot pay the zakah to the wife? The exact same reason. Naam, that is a responsibility for the person to spend his wealth, the asl of his wealth, upon the wife. So you cannot now say again that I'm going to take some of the zakah money and spend it upon the wife. Because that's not where the zakah money is intended to go. And so, those are the, those are three. Now, I'm sure that our fourth category, fifth category, sixth category are all for the same reason. And likewise, our seventh category, by the color people. Where it comes to the one who you may be responsible for. Now, I'm so you have a responsibility over a family member. Now, it may be due to the fact that they have no one else responsible for them. And so you've assumed that mas'uliyah. So, for example, you may have uh, a sibling that you assume responsibility for. A younger sibling, masalam. You've assumed responsibility for them, for whatever reason. Or a younger cousin, and you've assumed responsibility for them. It cannot now be the fact that because of that, you have zakat to pay, that you seek to pay zakat to these individuals. Why? Because you're responsible for them. You've assumed responsibility for them for one reason or another. Naam? Does that make sense? So we have these individuals. Then we have the eighth. The eighth from them is that it's not permissible to give the zakat to the raqib. Yani to the mamluk, yani the slave. The zakah is not given to the slave. Why do you believe that? Why is it a case that the zakah is not given to the slave? Say someone else's slave. They're responsible for them. Now, so in relation to the slave, if the person is owned, then it's the responsibility of his master to pay for him and pay for his needs. And that if now he has any particular needs, it's his master's responsibility. And so this is where the this is where the money has to has to come from for them. Then Ibn Qadama goes on to mention that is not permissible. This is, this is our ninth category. It's not permissible to give zakah to the kafir. Now, what we understand from this, Barakallah people, 
is that if the zakah is given, I zakah on the the prohibition of giving zakah to the kafir is the asr. Uh, that's the found that's the foundation, the origin. The zakah is not given to the to the disbelievers. However, um, however, there are istithnaat, or there is al istithna. There is an uh, exception to that, which we mentioned last week. An exception to that would be what? I, when would you give zakah to? When can you can you give zakah to the kafir? So he's a kafir, but what? He inclines towards Islam. Naam. So he inclines towards Islam. So if now it's just any kafir and you give the zakah to him, then this is not permissible. I for no reason. So let's say, for example, you see it's a kafir and he's poor. He's genuinely poor. That's not homeless. You don't just give the zakah to him. Now, because some people may believe that just by giving the zakah, this is da'wah in of itself. However, they have to understand that the asal is that he's not eligible for the zakah. However, if he's, a, if he's an individual and it's mashhud ali, so it's witnessed from him that he has an inclination towards Islam, then it's something where you can give the zakah to him. But the fact that he's faqir or miskeen, ma'anahu kafir, whilst he's a kafir, we do not now say that we give the zakah to this individual. Is that clear, Ikhwan? Naam. And so this is the uh, understanding of that. The proof for that, by where the zakah is not given to the kafir, is the same narration where it mentions that is taken from their rich and given to the poor. We understand from them what we understand from this is that it's to'khadu, yani, from the agniya'ihim, yani agniya'ihim, the him, the whom, is the Muslimin. So it's taken from the rich of them, them referring to the Muslims. And it's given to the poor of them, them again referring to the Muslims. And so it's taken from the rich of the Muslims, given to the poor of the Muslims. We understand that from this narration as well, due to the fact that this is what is mentioned after their acceptance of what? The Shahadatain. That they're informed about the Shahadatain and they accept the Shahadatain. And so because they accept the Shahadatain, then they're informed about the Salah. And if they accept the Salah, then they're informed about the Zakah. Clearly indicate that they're from the Muslims. And so the Zakah is taken from them, is, is taken from the Muslims and given back to the Muslims as well. Now, so these are the nine categories mentioned here by Ibn Qudama. He goes on to mention later after, فَأَمَّا صَدَقَ تَطَوَّعُ فَيُجُوزْ دَفْعُهَا إِلَى هَاؤُلَاءِ وَإِلَى غَيْرِهِمْ And as for the Sadaqah, so as for the charity 
by the voluntary charity, then it's permissible to give it to them and to other than them. It's permissible to give it to them and to other than them. As this is the distinction. If it is zakah money, then it's very specific where it goes. Who is given to? I we mentioned the categories. So if it's zakah money, it has to be given to these categories. However, if a person wants to give general sadaqah, then he can give it to whoever he sees fit. Does that make sense? So you give it to whoever he sees fit. This is why as well, let's say for example, a person has zakah money, he cannot now say, I'm just going to give it, I'm going to give it to the masjid. Methodem. I'm going to give it to the masjid so that they can build an extension center. Naam, why? Because this is not one of the categories that I mentioned. Within those that are eligible for the zakah. If though the person wants to give sadaqah, general charity, from his wealth, and it's the same, it's the same purpose, to purify his wealth, then he can do so. And he gives his charity to, to the masajid. Or he gives his charity to a cause. However, when it comes to that, that zakah money, and the zakah wealth, 2.5% of his wealth, then it goes to something specific. Likewise, when it comes to his zakah, 2.5% of that wealth, then it cannot be paid to certain individuals. However, with the sadaqah, if the person wants to pay to those individuals, he can do so. So say, for example, a person wants to give some charity to his uh, to his parents. He wants to give charity to them. And he may do so. Now, however, that will not be regarded as zakah. Now, it will not be regarded as his zakah. And so, Sheikh Fawzani mentioned, that the Amr, the affair of Sadaqah, Amruha Wasi, is one which is vast and is expensive. So it, you can give Sadaqah to, to pretty much anyone. For indeed, you can give it to those that are ineligible, ineligible for Zakah and other than them. Naam. So the discussion around that is yani, expensive. <coughs> Thereafter, Ibn Qadam goes on to mention. And it's not permissible to give the zakah except with the intention. And so again, this is a barbit, this is a this is a specific principle, if you like, that sets aside just generally giving your sadaqah and from the zakah. So the person has to give that money with the intent that this is my zakah, I'm paying. And not that I'm just giving sad general sadaqah. For it could be a case that he gives something from his wealth. And he's giving it with yani, charity. And he ends up giving 2.5%. And he ends up giving it to the one that's eligible. But it's not zakah. Why? Because it's devoid of the knee of zakah. And so it's a must that the person has that knee. Due to the general narration of the Prophet wasallam. Indeed, actions are by their intention, and they must regain that which they have intended. And so, the person's niya is a clear or dis- distinguishes the zakah from any other payment. Whether that be the payment of sadaqah or just a general payment. 
to distinguish it. Yani the zakah from the sadaqah, from the nafaqah even as well. So a person spends it upon a person, another individual, and it's nafaqah. Yeah, he's spending upon them because this he's responsible for them. Or the person spending in charity, in the general charity. All the person spend, spending in zakah. The person has to make that intent clear. Naam, and no doubt, it's a pillar when it comes to ibadah or sharq. That the person has to have the need, the correct intent. And thereafter, it mentions as well that the zakah is, in, is with the intent, except for if the imam takes it from him by force. And so, this is for example, if the person is refusing to pay zakah. And then the imam and the ruler makes it or lays down the law that he has to take the zakah from him. Naam. Then the, this is regarded as being the zakah. This is the only exception. So, what we understand from this, Barakallahu Fikum, is that if the person is paying money of his own volition, of his own will, then he has to have the near that he's paying zakah. However, now, for whatever reason, a person refuses to pay the zakah. It's the responsibility of the imam to get the zakah from him. And so, for whatever reason, or for, by whatever means, he takes that wealth from him, 3.5%. Whatever means he takes, he takes that wealth from him. That is still regarded as zakah. Why? Because it's taken from him by, by way of the imam. And so when we refer to the niyyah, then this is more in reference to when the person is making the payment themselves. Now, if the person is making the payment themselves, then it's upon us to understand how that they have to have the intent in doing so. Now, thereafter, Ibn Qudama goes on to mention, وَإِذَا دَفَعَ الزَّكَاءَ إِلَى غَيْرِ مُسْتَحِقِّهَا لَمْ يُجْزِئَ And so, he mentioned, and if the person gives the zakah to the one that is not deserving of it, then he is not rewarded for that payment. So, for example, he gives the zakah to the ghani. Then he's not rewarded for that. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it clear and clarified who those thamaniya are, who those eight groups are. And so the zakah has to be paid towards those eight groups. Naam. And then Ibn Khudam mentions, يعني, Ibn Khudam here, he mentions in istithna, in the exception, so the person is not rewarded if he pays to the one that is not, not eligible, except for لِغَنِي ظَنَّهُ فَقِيرًا So except for if he paid the zakah to the ghani, he paid to the one that is ghani, 
However, the van, your assumption was that he was poor. So you pay the money to the ghani, and of course the ghani is not eligible. However, your assumption in paying it to him was that he was poor. And so if, for example, the person pays the money and it's, built, and it's based upon his, his, uh, his assumption, then it becomes clear that he's not mustahif. He's not deserving of it. Now, why then this individual is still rewarded based upon his intent. Now, his intent to pay the zakat. And his intent to pay the zakat to the fakir. He had the intent to pay the zakat to the fakir, to the poor individual. However, that was his, that it became clear that he wasn't. So due to the fact that he had that intention, then he is still rewarded by way of that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. And Naktafi, we have the qadr, we conclude here insha'Allah ta'ala. And with that we conclude the, the chapter regarding the zakat. الله تعالى أعلم جزاكم الله خيرا وبارك الله فيكم وصلى الله وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم. Also in relation to where we go from here, alhamdulillah for those that remember, we can we covered كتاب الصيام earlier on. نعم we covered كتاب الصيام earlier on يعني before رمضان أو within رمضان أبدي before and within رمضان. And so, because we've covered that, we'll go straight to the, in our next group. Uh, go straight to Kitab al-Hajj. Yes. If they still fall into one of the criteria, then they can still be ineligible. I... But the, the ineligibility would probably be um, uh, relative in the mystery. So, for example, an individual might be mujahid, pays your son. He wouldn't be able to pay this. You wouldn't be able to pay your son. But other than him, would be able to pay it. Yes. So the ineligibility, for the most part, is, is, is uh, relative to this. Just paying yani, sod- uh, the intent of sadaqa depends on what was his intention. He just money left his bank account for some reason. I gave someone ineligible. He could be rewarded for sadaqa then, yes. He could be rewarded for sadaqa. But he would still, he still need to pay zakat. apparent then it would it would consider you would consider that it would be happy from those individuals for more than one reason the narration itself 
also due to the fact that um, when paying a zakah, you want to you, you give it to those that are generally upright or that the slave when his salah and he's been upright in deen. So, if for example you're aware that this individual is tarif in his salah, this is a person that leaves the, leaves the salah, aslan, his Islam is muhtalaf and fi. His Islam is one which is different upon anyone. And so, even if you were to say, in in order to be safe, in order to safeguard your wealth, you wouldn't give it to them. Then you could, you, you could say that also. Just likewise as well, that if you know that the person is not upright, you do not want to give them any wealth that may aid them in transgression of them. So you wouldn't give them the, if you know someone's tired, tired of salah, you wouldn't give them the Whatever they've missed it, it was upon them to, to pay it. Now, what ends up happening is if a person's missed paying it for so long, they may not be aware of how much it is that they have to pay. So, they calculate it and they calculate what the, uh, how much it could, could be. And they try to pay the most amount that is in Babak, meaning to be, to be safe. Now, so then they pay, let's just say, for example, they, they say they add everything up and it's between 1,000 and 1,500 that they have to pay in Zakat over the years. Then they would, it would be best for them to pay closer to 1,500 now to be safer. Um, but they, it's, that Zakat is, is, is regarded almost like a, like a debt that they have to pay um, and it's a responsibility that they have to pay. If they passed away, then it should be taken from their wealth. Now, as you mentioned when we were discussing the Zenaiz, that uh, the wealth of the individual is first thing paid for their janazah, then it's paid for their debt. Then you, that's when you pay that money. Before you would give, before you give anything or divide anything up in terms of the um, inheritance, now, now or the wasiya or the, the will, I should say. But what's apparent is that uh, if the wife was to give money to the husband, it would be regarded as sadaqah as well. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. Even though um, she's not, if she's not uh, obliged to pay or spend upon her husband, generally speaking from what is understood is that it's, it's a mutual understanding relation to zakah. But the sadaqah is, is from the wife that's given to the husband. Bel, and mentioned that the husband should be Ola. Now it should be first and foremost. If the wife has some wealth that she wants to give in Sadaqa, then let's also to her. There's no point she she looks at oh she's gonna need money and sees her husband struggling. Now then she, he should be Ola. Allah knows best. Now Allah knows. But it's something which is which does need a bit more
take responsibility for no if if it's a case of when we say responsibility it's almost like when we're talking about a person took guardianship of another individual so it's not just the person out of, of his own choice he saw someone's situation and says you know what i'm going to i'm going to try and give something every month for them now that's fine and then if, if it comes around to zakat and he gives zakat for them and then not to his other group then we can give that as well right the zakat it's a case of where a person has taken actual yani guardianship of an individual so guardianship of and it's usually a, a relative so it's not from the relatives where it's up or down so it's not from the relatives that go up for example the parents and the grandparents it's not relatives that go down the descent from the children grandchildren we're talking all right either side if that makes sense and so those relatives if you've taken some sort of some form of guardianship over them and responsibility in that form then the zakat is not paid for them but if it's someone where it's a person that you just know that it's in a particular scenario and you've decided to pay and pay some money towards them there's no harm in giving giving the zakat when it comes around at that point case of first and foremost when spending the or using your money in sadaqa and spending upon these masajid if you're spending upon these masajid and you're aiding them in their transgression yeah, their bid'ah uh, and the likes of those things then it may be a case that you are um, participating in that in that harm now, however, if it's a case of you just generally just giving sadaqah for the upkeep of the masjid and it's just for the general maintenance of the masjid, then that's, it's, that's something else. It's de- so it's dependent upon niya and it's dependent upon what has been displayed to you in terms of what they're going to use that wealth for. If the person gave it in ignorance and he just gave his money because he's, he's spending just for maintaining his local masjid, that's something else. Now, even though with all of that said, the person should strive to spend his wealth upon the massage of the Sunnah so that the massage of the Sunnah can be, ke- can be kept running and the massage of the Sunnah can be aided in spreading the da'wah and spreading the haq to the people. That's Ola. And that's where the reward lies as well because not only in that are you rewarded in upkeeping the masjid, but you're rewarded in salah in terms of whatever comes by way of the tarbiyah of the people, the, the cultivation of the people upon the Sunnah. In, in the other masjid, then it may just be a case of your rewarded for the upkeep of the masjid. If now, however, you're spending your wealth, aid them in their dawah efforts, then you may be then you may be susceptible to the harm or susceptible to you know, the blame of anything that comes by way of their, their evil dawah. So a person must be well aware of what they're spending their money for. could be yeah it could be if you know if i'm saying if it, it goes back to your knowledge as well your intention your knowledge if you have knowledge of that you shouldn't aid them you shouldn't aid them no way no you should aid the people of the sunnah no and the type of zakah so you have zakah in relation to uh your money 
So money and gold and silver. That's all one thing. Then you have zakat in relation to the crops. Because you have harvest, you harvest crops. Right? Then you have zakat in relation to cattle, animals. Then you have zakat in relation to what is referred to as arud al-tijara. So you have merchandise that you that you use for buying and selling. So you, the zakat is upon all of these things as well. and no no we, we're talking about two types of of ghani the two types of people that are bin ghani as for zakat then you have zakat al-mal and zakat al-fitr now if you're talking about different types of zakat zakat al-mal which is the the one you pay every after every year and zakat al-fitr which you pay in food uh after eid al-fitr end of ramadan done already Generally, what you find in terms of identifying, some of the parts difficult to identify, it's the worst part other than that, is that people won't won't say that they're in need. They won't openly say that they're in need. But generally, if you find that people are in a scenario where uh, you can see that they are always in deficit, they're always in need, maybe sometimes a, a sign a lot of the time is that maybe they're borrowing money. Now, for example. So someone's borrowing money, and it's not large sums. So you know they're not they're not borrowing the money to do something you know significant with it. They're borrowing the money just to get by. So if you know someone they say, "I feel like I borrow uh, something in the tens or low hundreds," but you know they're not doing anything significant with that wealth. Mm-hmm. It's something which is just for them to get by. These are indications of that, for example, or just if you generally know the hal of the individual. Um, I can't remember who we were discussing it with, but we were talking about uh, people that, that uh, get state benefits. And generally speaking, maybe someone gets state benefits, whatever, whatever country it is, but that those benefits don't actually allow them to have anything surplus. And generally speaking, someone that does get state benefits will not ever have surplus. Now, I'm so that's on the whole, and that's all f- essentially that's the whole premise of the of the state benefit. The state benefit is for you to have enough to get back ba- get round to the next month, where they give you the next benefit, the next the next uh, uh, piece of wealth. If a person ob- if a person living like that, then again that's another indication that possibly they don't have surplus. But if now you see, for example, an individual, one week he's going to Dubai, one week he's going to Umrah, one week he's going to Maghrib. Now then you say, okay, I know more about it. Maybe he doesn't need anything. <laughs> no. No. Mm. Now, like, like I said, for me personally, it leads, it leads more back. But as you now, could you call him? Or could you call him that? Muslim country, 
Yaskin your husband. Presumably the zakah you've done where it's given to like a um to like the dating man to the pigeon and then they they do the according now. In the normal school life, then usually what you find the assignment centers and the massages, they take on the role of the Wali Amr essentially, where they will collect the money and they will distribute amongst the communities or further uh, communities outside um, of the country. Yeah, so they sell it, they sell it through massages. Those massages you find as well that they will give you the zakat locally as well. You ask them, or do they get, do they collect? Yeah, yeah. All the all the all the massages they do, they they generally do it, inshallah. And um, generally, what you find as well is that I think we discussed it last week, I believe. But you're seeing that before the zakat, when people was were paying zakat or or distributing zakat, it was more a, a thing of. Yeah, and distributing zakah foreign in the in foreign lands, and but distributing zakah amongst the Muslims outside of the UK. But the more and more we go on, the need for zakah here has increased as well. So you find that now some of the masajids they start to actually distribute it locally, uh, as well as maybe abroad, but distributing it locally. Strive to pay it. They should strive to 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 uh, to pay to to those that are eligible. They can't. They if they 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 complete it to in order to ascertain because it, it may be a case of they don't see anyone that is fit for it, and so they can't give it to anyone that's ineligible. So if if they, whilst they're looking for someone that's eligible, it it may take some time for that. But however, if it's a case of they're just holding on to it and. Uh, there's no real reason for them to hold on to it. Then, in this scenario, they need they need to just to to to, to, to uh, distribute it. But the reality is, is that especially when it comes to the organisations, they will become well aware of individuals after a few a few years, because such as say that if a person is eligible for zakat one year, usually they're going to be eligible for zakat another year as well. Now, and so they'll have like a database of individuals, and then, then that's why they strive to to pay it. But they shouldn't. But they shouldn't just sit on that one. No, rather they should strive to pay it out. That's because that's its purpose for it to be to be to benefit from it. No. Yes, you can. You can pay two point five percent to one person that's eligible. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to spread it out. So whoever receives it is not eligible again.